Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Sorry if that blew your ears out. OMG, this is the 200th episode of the Claim It podcast. Oh, I mean, I guess I've been made a streak of going, you are now listening to. So you are now listening to the 200th episode of the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman also known as your joyologist. I cannot believe 200 episodes. It feels like I've both been doing this forever and like I just started. Still one of my absolute favorite things to do and to to celebrate 200 episodes, I had my very first guest back on, Mr. Jason Mraz. And you know... (laughs) We didn't really have a plan. We just went for it. I really hope you enjoy our conversation. And um, I hope that no matter how long you've been listening to this podcast, maybe this is your first episode. The reason that I do it and that I have conversations with people who inspire and intrigue me, and I also have solo podcasts where I'm sharing things that came up for me, is with the hope that what you are listening to and hearing will help you give more compassion to yourself in your own life, will support you in getting out of your own way and make the changes and shifts that you know you want to make, to see that you're not too late for things, that you're like, oh, wait, I should have done this and that and blah, 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 that at any moment, you can make a change, make a choice. And also, for you to claim some joy in your life, claim some fulfillment, claim that this life is yours. All right. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Jason and I. It was fun for us to sit on the couch and chat, and I hope you get something from it. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you haven't yet, hit the follow, subscribe button, and leave a review. I forgot. So, I'm going to start this continual thing. You leave a review, and even if you've left one in the past, resend me an email screenshotting your review to podcast at yourjoyologist.com. And once a month, at the end of each month, I'm going to pull one person to give a gift bag from my product line. So I always send out a gift as a thank you. So by the way, you know, I would send out like a keychain, a magnet, something small. But now I'm going to be like, hey, you're going to get an insulated tumbler. You're going to get a signed book. You're going to get all sorts of good stuff. So leave the podcast a review. Send me the review to podcast at yourjoyologist.com and you'll be entered to win a surprise bag from my shop, shop.yourjoyologist.com. Here we go. Episode 200. <laughs> That's recording. <laughs> Yay. And we're back. Jason wanted to make sure to get me commenting on setting up your sound equipment. This is how our first podcast started as well, yeah. I believe. Figuring out the sound equipment. Way back. Episode 001. Or I might have done you two and three. I feel like I might have had like episode one be like just me. Because they used to say you had to release three episodes to start. 
So that was a double issue at the yeah, top? because we talked. It was my first podcast conversation, and we ended up talking for three hours. I'm sorry. It was wonderful. I didn't want to stop you. I was like, all right, let's keep going. And so, so you then, divided me up into a series. Into, so I did an hour and a half each. But Well, it's great to be back. Let's yeah. see how long this one goes. Probably not the same length because you have to leave it to a Yeah, yeah. We're going to not shoot for three hours. Yeah. Um, but what happened, since you wanted to catch that, I haven't recorded live in front of a person in a long time because of the pandemic. Oh, I used wow. I tried to mostly do them in person because it's awesome to be in person and the sound quality is obviously better. Yeah. But then the pandemic, everybody went virtual. Totally. And it's been like that. So even when you live like... 10 miles from people, it's still like, yeah, Yeah. what time do you want to get on your computer? Here's a message for anyone who's doing remote podcast. Have your guest record their voice locally in their environment, either on a voice memo of the iPhone, whatever, an easy recording device. Our microphone is lovely. But don't just take the audio off the Zoom because that is... Just the sound quality listening to a podcast. Because you hear one high quality voice and then you hear the caller or the Zoom voice. And which is fine for a couple of sound bites, but it can be challenging. It can be challenging. I have a good editor that I usually cleans those up. But anyway, I haven't recorded with a guest in person. So I've used one microphone with oh. my recorder forever. And just now I was setting up two microphones and there was a buzz on it. And you know I was a Fancy schmancy sound engineer for a long time there. Schmancy. His a, microphone was degree. buzzing. Once you pass a certain number of hours, you can call yourself schmancy. Yeah, I was fancy schmancy. I have that degree. I do actually have a bachelor's degree in audio arts and acoustics. Thank you very much. Um, I think schmancy is like... That was your t- I'm not schmancy enough. Because <laughs> I think if you're a fancy sound director... Would you think that person is like an expert in their field? They're senior. They're they have seniority, like a general. Okay, maybe I wasn't fancy smancy. I was just saying, like I was paid good money to do sound for people. Yeah, exactly. No, I think you were fancy <laughs> back in the day. But is is schmancy more or less than fancy? Does schmancy? I think schmancy is like next level. Than, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, better than like fancy. you're fancy, and then you add the schmancy, you've I gone see. up a tier. Got it. I don't know what's beyond that. Fancy schmancy, fancy schmancy, bonancy. Oh. Wow, I've never even heard of that one. <laughs> That's great content here. That is for anyway. His microphone was buzzing a little bit. I took it out and I blew on it. Like a Nintendo game when it doesn't work. I blew on the cable and I was looking. She blew into the XLL, XLR cable and into the microphone. The mic- microphone where you plug it in, not where you talk. Right. And the as I was doing end. this, I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And also, like, this just feels like I'm supposed to be doing this. And Jason was definitely looking at me like, why <laughs> are you no, blowing? It's no, a thing. You're a fancy schmancy sound <laughs> and technician. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know. I just I plugged it back in and the buzz went away. Yeah, it worked. And I was like, wow, maybe that's some like old school stuff from my sound days. And I don't even remember. And he sure. goes, I've never seen anybody blow. Well, <laughs> technically you blew compressed air into it, which is a thing. And you 
cleaned it out. And Anyway, you can try that, people. But he just wanted to catch me in the middle of another, like, laughing at myself. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, well, but I do know what I'm doing moment. And you started laughing. And I said, are we recording? And you said, not yet. And yeah. And now we are. This is exactly, I believe, how episode one or two started was laughing at, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> That's We still life. don't know what we're doing, <laughs> but we don't have to. That's the beauty of getting a little further downstream. Isn't that, I mean, that's kind of what the whole purpose, so we are sitting here recording 200, 200 episodes. I have done solo episodes, so I haven't talked to 200 different people, but I would say at least 150, maybe more of those were likely. Were not me. Yeah, <laughs> and they were not me talking to myself. They were conversations with people. Sure. But that has basically been the point of the podcast. It's let me talk to these people that I find inspiring and intriguing and let's go through the journey of their life, not just talking about their most recent amazing thing mm -hmm. or their most sparkly moments. Mm -hmm. uh, it ended up being that I start with high school. Fun. Because when I started, it was just like, oh, let's go back in the day or, hey, this is where I knew you and start from that point. But then I started to get more and more people that I didn't really know. And so I would just be like, tell me about what life was like growing up and specifically high school. Mm -hmm. Where were you at in high school? How did you feel about yourself? Were you feeling pressured of what should I do with my life or did you know what you wanted to do? Mm -hmm. And that I think so often in life, we are meant, it feels like it's like you choose one thing and you do it. And that's not the reality. And that's why I've loved having these people on to tell the stories of shifts and changes and stuff. And that's why I'm getting back to the, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like that reminded me of like, that's life. Like, just like listen to yourself and what you're saying inside. Maybe like, I don't know. This makes sense for me. Or I thought I was going to do this or. I'm successful at this already, but why do I feel like I want to do this? Like listening to that inner voice that you're like, I don't know why I'm blowing in the microphone right now, but it feels right. Yes. <laughs> blow on, girl. Trust yourself. You blow, girl. It'll, you'll work, it'll work out, and if not, you'll learn something from that experience. Exactly. Um, high school, I just spent some time at my mom's helping to clean out her garage, and I found a bin full of some high school stuff, uh, some awards from the choral programs. Awards uh, from choral programs? Choral, because I was in, like, regional chorus, honors chorus, all-state chorus. For someone... These are extracurricular choral groups that you could become a part of through usually auditioning or some type of and so as a academic choral group, like what are you singing? Because I grew up going to Catholic schools, so we only sang at church. Got and it. there was no like extra music yep. programs or singing besides. Yeah. Well, it depended the on the interest, I guess, of the choral director or the arts program directors of those institutions. But we would do a lot of classical music, but then there would always be some... Uh, world music and some contemporary music that we would be singing, like the composer David Fanshaw, who you can listen to on Spotify. He has some just incredible works that are a, a blend of cultures 
and continents, cross-continental orchestrations uh, for choir groups. So that's what I would do in my extracurricular time in high school. Anyway, I, I mentioned this because we were talking about, you said high school. Yeah. Um, also pins from the International Thespian Society and some high school achievements. But what was most interesting was um, I had saved letters and or pamphlets of the colleges I was looking at. Oh, wow. Savannah School of Art and Design, New NYU, Longwood University, Paramount's King's Dominion, which was like a theme park. That's what I was about to say. I was yeah, like, it was a theme park. Mm-hmm. That was just in the pamphlets, like I could go to these colleges or go work at... Well, these were from my experience because I had applied to all these places, including the theme park, and rejected was rejected from all of them. Did they have a college? No, program? no, but they had singing and dancing. Oh, God. <laughs> and I auditioned, <laughs> okay. but I didn't make the cut. Got it. Yeah, but I ended up working the games. I ended up working like selling pictures off the roller coaster. Oh. Which they give you a microphone, so a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. 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 But... In that review of these pamphlets and in these rejection letters, I just remembered how excited I was, but also how like full of potential and possibility I was. Um, we were just joking about how um, there's a meme that says my toxic trait is being able to walk up to a lion and that lion not eating me because he knows I'm good vibes. Something like that. Well, that was how I felt about all my rejection letters from colleges. I was like, well, but that's fine because I'm still filled with talent that it just won't be at this school or that school or in this venue because I know I can walk out, walk into a room and do my magic trick. And so here we are. I'm in my mid-40s now, still making music and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> But I feel very similar to who I was in 1995 getting these rejection letters from colleges because I was like, okay, that's fine. I don't have to do this project or that project. It didn't work out. And in a way, I guess I'm, I conclude by saying 27 years after my high school graduation, uh, I still feel like a beginner, but excited to be the beginner. And almost naive and full of this just possibility and potential, like knowing that I have talent and I can still feed myself and, and make a living on my talent alone, <laughs> right? It's that. That's who I was in high school. And so we never change. But I think that's okay if we, well, I shouldn't say we. I, I don't want to be anyone's teacher. But I will say for me, Living as a beginner in constant state of beginning gives me so much permission to just have fun all the time and not feel bad if I suddenly change directions in my life, not feel bad if a project that I was working on, you know, a whole pile of songs that I thought would be the album, you, it happens time and time again that these are not the songs and this is not going to be the album and you feel so defeated. But because I live in this... And maybe it's thanks to the rejection letters of high school and thanks to the extracurricular experiences I had in the arts in high school, it taught me the resilience to still enjoy your talent, but not be attached to where it will take you. And 
Therefore, you live in a flow state and you live always in surprise and gratitude. But I guess the downside of it is I also live in a state of, I'm not an expert, so don't ask me. (laughs) Or I'm not, I don't have XYZ to be that which you are asking me to be. So that's the downside to me always feeling like I'm new here. Mm. I also use it as an excuse when I get asked to do big things. I'm like, I don't know. I'm new here. <laughs> I can't be like, is that what you feel inside? Yeah. Like, you can't, I'm like, that doesn't sound like an actual good response to people saying, because they'd be like, I don't think so, sir. That is why we are reaching out to you. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. But you. But that's me. Yeah. 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 I don't I know. I'm new here. I understand. I don't that. want to touch that button. I don't know what it does. I think so many people probably feel that same thing. Um, I love when you were talking about back in high school and those rejections and the letters and how you were feeling. It reminded me. I actually did a solo podcast about this a couple of months ago. I saw somebody on TikTok. I'm like, oh, you are the one that got me on like TikTok. Okay, sorry. No, it's good. I love it. It brings me so much joy. And um, but she was saying, like, she was taking on this phrase, your loss. You know, like, so oh, if she doesn't hear back from somebody instead of getting upset, oh, your loss. So if somebody, you know, like she pitches herself to somebody and they say no, oh, your loss. And like I I was like, I kind of love that. And it's sort of like the same with your rejection letters. You, You were like, okay, I didn't get into that, but like there's still space for me, like your loss. And that attitude in a fun way has actually been supportive to Mm. me like since I heard it it's like a fun thing of like why didn't they text me back or what does this mean we can make up so much meaning about so many things and just being like oh they're lost yeah if they didn't want to hang out or if they didn't whatever like they're lost and not in a like I gotta hold this grudge yeah but just oh you're lost I'm not gonna spend my time thinking about why that didn't go through or whatever they're lost, so I'm going to focus my attention over here. Like, I'll apply to these places, or maybe I'll try this, like that. So um, that reminded me of that. And then your beginner thing, I've been feeling that sort of in the lot in the last year, I feel like it's helped take some pressure off of me being, same thing I realized, I've been like sharing my words and coaching with people and working, doing the work that I've been doing for over a decade now. But it still can feel very much like I'm new here. I'm the new, like, oh, I don't know. Like, what can I offer people? How can I serve them? Will people want my support? And I was like, wait, I have been doing this consistently in different ways, which is cool. I have different, oh, here's some products. Here's this. Here's the podcast. I'm going to do group coaching. I'm going to do solo coaching. I'm going to work with people. But in the last year of trying different things out that it was like feeling this, like, what do I do? And letting it sort of feel more fun and like, this is an exploration. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see if this works. I'm going to see if that works. Instead of like, it failed and this is it. This is the thing I'm supposed to be doing or this is my thing. Like allowing myself to see everything more playfully and like, well, why not try it out Mm -hmm. and see what happens and Mm -hmm. where it goes and if people respond to it and how I feel doing it Mm. instead of like we can keep ourselves from trying things because we're so focused on a result that we have no idea what's going to happen. Right. Well, that what... I just woke up to is when you said, oh, this is my thing or this is my thing. Like, it's fun when I remember that 
anything that I am can change. You know, my name, even my um, my you know identity, how I identify myself, projects, commitments, um, interest in shorts versus pants. <laughs> you know, just like little things. You know, like it's my thing. It's like, well, anything can change. Any so. Also, I think time has taught me is to really just enjoy all the things that I've been and enjoy all the things that I probably will be and enjoy the fact that things change. And therefore, I get to distance myself from my thing and f- more enjoy more being in my body. Like, oh my God, I'm alive today. And I know that sounds totally cliche, but I visited some friends uh, two weeks ago in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, and they can ride bikes everywhere. There's bike lanes and bike trails that connect you to the different little towns. And I was just so grateful for the movement, for the ability to get on a bicycle and move my body and even balance on a bike. To me, it's still this strange magic that we can do to like stand on a pedal and kick off on a bike and throw your leg over it and cruise on two wheels with your own gyroscopic balance. Gyroscopic. I think that's what's happening. I have no clue what that, I don't know. sound like a really cool word. I don't well, I had to throw it in there. <laughs> <laughs> you can look it up and I may have misused it, but I have a feeling we have some kind of system that keeps us upright. Um, anyway, I, that, those are the things that I'm tickled by. Been on the road for two months. Yeah, welcome. He's this is his first day, first day home, back home. Yeah, after being back on tour after yeah. like a long the time. The pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that well, like you I did, did a, some dates here and there, but this a, still feels. I did a, a month in 21, and I, I don't think I did any in 20. I think no, everybody I shut like down anybody. in 20. <laughs> but yeah, we did a month in 21, and in this summer we did two months. Well. Or at least with all my personal travels behind the tour, I was gone for two months. And I love it. And that's also because when you're traveling in a different city all the time, you can't be attached to too many things. Even your suitcase can only hold so many things. And all, you know, I only probably had three outfits that I was rotating, you know, so I couldn't be more than the thing that I had in my suitcase, but I loved seeing the different environments and all the different types of people in the four corners of the continent. And I think that's also why I sit in this current state of like beginner bliss and enjoying being in my body. Because when you travel, your body is probably your most precious cargo. You know, your awareness, your presence of mind, your health for being able to move swiftly um, through airports or trains or et cetera. So Grateful to have my yoga mat, grateful to have comfy shoes, grateful to have my health um, at this age and in this life, and grateful to have so many friends and family to visit and to stay in contact with when sometimes the aloneness and distance of road can trick your mind into thinking you are alone. But I've visited by so many great friends and obviously selling tickets to shows invites a lot of friends and fans to come and delight in singing and playing music live. That is such a, uh, a blessing, such a blessing. Well, speaking of that, 
I, so many artists have talked about or have the feeling too of like they're out on tour singing their music, living their dream, you know, thousands of people are coming to see them every night and then you can still have this experience of feeling alone. Mm -hmm. Like, right? Like it's just like an interesting yeah. thing that I think, like, how does that, wait, what? How does that make sense? Even you surround yourself with the people that you hire are, you know, great people. And just like, it's an interesting feeling of like knowing that you're not alone, but like also like feeling, I don't know, how does that experience? You know, it's just where you place your attention because if being with someone was important to me for, you know, a time for, you know, well, basically let me paint the picture is like you can be in front of a thousand people. Everyone's still clapping for you while you're taking a shower. And then you walk out the back of the theater and you go back to a hotel and you can be in that hotel room alone and your ears are still ringing from the applause and all the music and so you, depending on where you place your attention, if you think I should be with someone in this moment, then that could be had because there's crew, there's other band, you could call someone. Um, if I sought a constant intimate life, I'm sure I could go to a number of options find to company. find company, right? So it, it's all about where you place your attention. And, um, and I've gotten better through the years about knowing that it's, you know, being alone when I choose to be isn't, you know, doesn't require being lonely. Well, that's what I was going to say. Cause even if you did go, okay, I'm going to go be with people, you could actually still have that feeling yeah, I could, of the loneliness. Like it actually doesn't that's true. necessarily mean that's very if you're true. alone, because I myself have definitely like periods of feeling like very like lonely and sort of, I have so many friends and this and that to talk about, but it still yeah. doesn't feel like they maybe understand the experience I'm having or where I'm at. And so then it can have this feeling right. of alone. Well, that's really yeah. deep because yeah, then it goes beyond <laughs> when you're physically alone. And if someone were to be in a group and still feel alone, that, uh, my heart and stomach go out to that person in that experience because I know how hard that can be. I've, I've had glimpses of it in my life, but I've always been so blessed to um, sort of awaken out of it. And I think maybe through gratitude, I know this is the, probably the go-to rule for anyone would be write a gratitude list and journal and, you know, those things, right? But they do work and they do matter because without those, you, one could, could convince themselves that they were alone even while sitting at a crowded table. And that's where the real inside work is most important. They also, I mean... So, cause I, when I'm feeling like now, like thinking more about it, it's probably like you can be with people, but if you don't feel like really seen or heard or understood, cause they also might be with people that are not really like understanding them and giving that, mm -hmm. or there also could be that they are, but yet there is something inside that's making them feel like Dang. that, you know, 
But it's interesting how you like went to say the gratitude list and journal, and so you're like, ugh, pause, you know, like, ugh. I know. Because I myself have been feeling that lately where I had, like, yeah, have been having some challenging, it's like I will go through like, oh, I'm really feeling it today, like in a challenging way. And then the next day I'm like, woohoo, life's amazing. <laughs> like, but letting myself go through those cycles. And I just last week, it was, I opened up my daily connection journal. And the first, it's not, I didn't, the first thing I was drawn to, not the thing that's on the top, is like gratitudes for the day. Like when I was feeling that crappy day and I was like, okay, let me open this thing. And the first thing is, you know, I am statements and how I want to feel, but I was like gratitude. And all of a sudden I just went to that and it did shift my energy so much. And I always was like, ugh, ugh, gratitude is what made me feel better. Like it was like almost like, yeah. oh no. It And I, I myself was like, why am I reacting that way that I feel like unfortunately because of social media is such an amazing space to get inspired and share information. But I do think in the last couple of years, there's been such a focus on like toxic positivity and making sure this feel, you know, feel your feeling. Like I don't like, and I have that and I shifted some of my stuff that, oh, maybe that is toxic positivity. And so seeing that, but like, where have I taken it too far that now it's even, don't lean and let me not name, but I'm grateful for, you know what I mean? It's even yeah, the same yeah, thing like yeah. why it's like, Oh, journal. Like, so I myself was like, I'm going to get rid of these like barriers within me that are trying to tell me like, no, don't do those works. Like going back to, yeah, gra like, what am I grateful for? What am this? Like, it was just these ways that I feel like I was somehow limiting myself because we also have to be, a, you know, I'm like, I can be open to the realness of life and the struggles of others and myself and focus on what I'm grateful for. That's it's right. It's not as if I wasn't. Yeah. But it just, it is an interesting thing where it's like, feels like, oh, let me preface this with like, name what you're grateful for. It's not like, I feel like if we were just like, let's name what we're grateful for everyone right now, then it'd be like rolling your eyes. And so then it's like, let me preface this. I know, I know you've heard this before. Or like, I get it. So know? as I said that, cause I said, I took the sigh and then I said gratitude. I, I think I said that in a way of fear of sounding like a broken record. I was like, okay, I'm going to say, but it works. It totally works. And when I look back, go, let's go back to the high school thing where I was. That's when I started journaling. And I've got bins and bins of journals and all of that work got me where I am today. So why would I stop? Why would I try to develop something new beyond something that has gotten me here? So those gratitude lists, those, and I say that because we were just talking about if anyone out there suffers from feeling alone, even in a big, vibrant community, and there are so many vibrant communities in this world that surround so many different interests. So if you're out there and you're into crocheting or roller skating or screen printing or poetry or typewriter love or plant care, like there are real communities out there that are vibrant and thriving that you can be a part of. Or activism, joining up a social cause. Believe me, there's many of them right now that need voices. Nonprofits, which are all existing in this world because we don't have government programs that pay for the wellness and the, the interest of what these nonprofits do from climate to the arts to assistance and recovery, etc. So 
Like nurture what brings you joy. Nurture what brings or, you joy. Write a gratitude list you, and you will like, see back on the page where you are, who you love, what you love about your life and what you could add to it to feel not only less alone, but feel important and that you matter in a community. Yeah. And that's, I know, I think in two, don't be afraid to start online and social media too. Cause I think that that like, that could drive you to meeting people in real life. But like if I think too, some people hold themselves back because yeah, we want to have in the real life, but if you are not finding that, then look for it online to then be able to nurture that. Oh, right. These people love to knit or garden that too. And mm-hmm. then you find a community there and you might actually form real connections. Yeah. Like my best friends are from people that I met on social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that those are the people that I feel most like seen yeah, by that's because great. again, they weren't like in my town, but they were doing something similar or putting themselves out in the world. So don't write that off. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, my whole thing is always like we make things so hard for ourselves that it's oh it's gonna be too hard to find people that like to do this or I have to do it this way or find people in my town it's mm-hmm. like it's just start with a google search or yeah. start with anything start even start asking the people you do know hey do you want to are you interested in whatever this thing is or maybe even hey I feel like I want to put my time and energy into something besides work and this and that. Would you like to start a new hobby with me? <laughs> you can even figure something out. Cute. You can start a band. Start a band. Hey, you want to start a band? With no expectations. Yeah, totally. Fun Let's get together. We'll write some lyrics and we'll... Uh, to remind yourself you're alive. Learn how to play an instrument. Instrumentation 101. If you've never picked up an instrument, just grab it and then throw yourself at it. So like if it's a guitar, grab the neck and then with your other hand, strike it. Strike it like a drum. Get it to vibrate, resonate. I know you know what it looks like to play one. So mimic what that person's doing and strike it and feel the electricity, the spark of electricity that comes off of your fingernails or your your fingerprints across the string as it vibrates and makes a noise. and that noise, the ability to strike something and make a sound is such a cool effect, cause and effect that we as humans get to do, you know, and it's that easy. That's what making music is. You're just striking it. You're banging on a table. You're, you're banging on a bass. You're, you don't need all the instruments to make music, but I say this because I suddenly want your listeners to start bands. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just think everybody should be in a band once. But that's my experience right now. I'm in a band. Are you so lit up? I'm loving being in a band. band. Yeah. And I still feel like a beginner. And I. Are we allowed to talk about yeah, where let's you do just whatever came you want. from? Sure. Yeah. Because you also, besides finishing time on tour, you went into a recording studio. I did. So I was on tour with Raining Jane, Mona, Becky, Chaska, and Mai. And we were playing what started out as mostly songs that we had been writing together to try to find an album's worth of new music inside of us. The tour ultimately became this journey through my catalog and finding these songs that we loved to play that we hadn't played in a while. And um, in, in layering in the show some of our new songs. And by the end of the tour, what we thought our new songs were started to be retired by, by mid-tour. 
and other songs we hadn't thought of yet started to appear and make it in the show. So by the end of the tour, the set list was completely different than how we started out, which was the whole point of going on tour, is we wanted to give ourselves um, basically live tasks to go out and play our sound and also find our sound, find our songs, find our message, find our purpose. Because if we're going to make something and then promote it for people to listen to it, or sell a ticket to come see it, we want to feel that it contributes powerfully to someone's entertainment. But so the songs that you were new that you thought were like, maybe these are the ones. Yeah. These new ones we think are going to be like the ones. It just you, wasn't. Yeah, you get three weeks into a tour and you realize you've not heard one comment about that song. <laughs> no one has said I mean, it's after be the show, an interesting... play that one again. <laughs> And so, but that does happen when, because I mean, yeah. that's experience. as a concert goer, of course, you want to hear the songs you know Absolutely. and love. You want right. to sing along. And then also, of course, like, okay, new songs and you can be excited about them. But sometimes it is like, oh, what's this? I know. <laughs> we played a lot of those. But we wanted to have the experience of what's this and when can I hear that again? Right. Or at least see like, okay, they're like trying to dance a lot, like they're trying to like right. move with it or are they just like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess this is a new one. Uh -huh. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they have that look on their face, <laughs> we know probably not to put it in the show tomorrow night. So you all were just feeling like, okay. We're feeling a little overconfident at the beginning and but, then you get feedback and that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted feedback. So then you pulled out some other new other songs. Other songs. And were they different vibes? Yeah. Like, to, oh, so it wasn't just like, okay, we'll try this one. Like, all right, that and did you get different types of feedback? Yes. Smiles, interaction, singing along, which is huge. If you've For never heard song. the song before and then you're singing along by the end, that that's that says a lot, literally. It says the song. Yeah, that's got to feel good. Yeah, it does feel good. So we went into the studio one day after the tour ended, and we spent 10 days together in New York City in a studio with Martin Tereffe, with whom we made We Sing, We Dance, We Steal Things with, and experimented and played and just really, first days in any studio situation are always the rhythm section, the drums and the bass, get the basics down, get their song arrangement, the scratch vocals, if anything. Um, so we did a lot of that, just finding the groove and building a, what I think is a really cool foundation for a new record. And it's a stretch for Rainy Jane and I because the direction we're going is more up than we had anticipated. But when I say we had anticipated, talking about at the beginning of tour, yeah, we thought we were going to be making another sort of alt-rock kind of folk album and with songs that sound important, but then where my attention has currently shifted is like, yes, those songs might be important and they will find their audience for the live audience that which we thought was important was not <laughs> and what the live audience shared with us was that they wanted to move their bodies and sing along it's trisha here and Oh my gosh, it's so perfect that Jason is back on the podcast today because I feel like the last time I was this regular with making smoothies was when I toured with him. 
forever ago. I am back on a kick and I am loving it and feeling so good. And that is thanks to my podcast partner, Sprout Living. If you aren't familiar with Sprout Living, I will tell you about their amazing plant-based protein powders. The blends are freaking delicious. Like seriously, I've been using the Mindful Matcha and it is spot on flavor, y'all. So not only are they delicious, they have the best ingredients. What makes them different from so many protein powders that are on the shelves and it is one of the reasons I stopped making smoothies. I was overwhelmed with all the brands and all the ingredients and all the fillers. That's the thing. So many brands use gums, thicker thickeners, fillers, and they put natural flavoring. And by the way, Natural flavoring is not actually natural. You can Google that. Look at it more. So these filler ingredients can actually cause bloating, stomach issues, and more. Instead, Sprout Living only uses real, powerful superfoods, adaptogens, and nootropics, which is really awesome because it makes their protein blends multifunctional. So they are way more than just a protein powder. Like these are so powerful, you don't need to make a whole smoothie. You can do that old school, put some scoops in the water ball, shake it up thing, and they freaking taste good. I'm not kidding when I say that they check all of the boxes. They're certified organic, plant-based, kosher, free of GMOs, soy, gluten, dairy, nuts, and they're third-party tested so we can be sure of that. It's honestly just like the best brand I have ever seen. The flavors are so good and you can get 20% off by using code CLAIMIT20. So go to SproutLiving.com, check out the flavors, feel free to DM me at underscore Trisha Huffman and I'll tell you which ones I'm loving. Seriously, Mindful Matcha is my new favorite. Uh, It has 17 grams of plant-based protein. It tastes like creamy. There's coconut milk, ginger, lacuma in it. There's ashwagandha, lion's mane, mukana. I can't even name all the amazing ingredients. So good, no junk, makes me feel amazing, so easy. Go check them out. That's just one flavor I'm loving. Again, go to sproutliving.com. Link will be in the show notes and use claim it 20 for 20% off. And we said you're really excited about being a band right now. Does the making of this album feel different as far as that too? Because obviously you're a singer-songwriter. Sure. Like, so... You have written these songs, but you have written with Ranger. You've written with people all like a lot, yeah. gone back, a, yeah. You know, a lot. But like, does this feel like a more, you know, the fact of like, oh, I'm excited about being a band right now? Was yeah. it more like not just, you know, I don't well, know. like, like of the ten songs right now, nine of the ten I wrote with Raining Jane, and so they're very collaborative from the that ground the up. <laughs> yeah, it's like country. and while they still let me sit in the driver's seat and you know, paint the song with my vocals and um, kind of we together are working to find a new style. And then having Martin Terefe as, I guess, the sixth member doing what producers do really well is um, try to help organize our chaos, you know, because we're all excited to try something new. And he has this way of seeing that and understanding how to help us layer it inside the speakers that people are going to be listening to this on. 
And it's a lot of fun because he's super quirky. He loves the humanness of um, sound and he loves the, um, the imperfections and the quirkiness that can help make a great record. And, and that's really, um, that, can, that can really be seen in We Sing, We Dance, We Steal Things, the, the quirkiness of that album back in 2007 and eight. So it's fun to be with him again 15 years later, but with, I'm not calling it full circle, I'm calling it full spiral, but this time going back into the project with Raining Jane, we've circled back around, but we're at a different perspective on that. So I call it full spiral. We're always going somewhere else, even though it'll feel like we're back where we started. And everybody's just so excited to be making music at this age, at this time in our lives. Um for what we feel is playful, powerful, purposeful. Um, but at the end of the day, just like sonic yum-yum, you know, just something you want to put on your speakers and go for a drive because that's what you love about your life is that you get to layer in music from all over the world in your soundtrack, as your soundtrack. So I love making stuff like that for that purpose. And the sort of dance element that, Martin and the Janes are helping me arrive at is a new place. So I feel like a beginner mm. in music. I've never been in this lane before, but it also feels very similar to what we were doing on We Sing, We Dance, We Steal Things. That's when I started to incorporate Carlos Sosa and the Groove Line Horns into the sound and have a this, I don't know, acoustic funky thing, which was always in my stuff, even since the coffee shops. Um, but it's just new with, with Rainy Jane and because, oh, well, collaboration, that's why we're talking about this. Yeah. Because these songs from the ground up have been written with them. Yeah. You're like, um, so I feel like I'm band. in a band. Right yeah. Just like, I'm excited to make new music. Which I, I said, love. I'm excited to be in a band. Because everybody then gets to, you know, weigh in. And it's usually the case when I make a record, but that band is, is as, as a, a room full of session cats that came together for the purpose of recording the record you might have two weeks with everyone, but usually the arrangements are charted out and you know, bass, basses get to bass and drummers get to drum. But the song is usually all charted out. In this case, we're still figuring it out. And I, I love it. I was equally shocked and yet not to hear when we were talking last week that you still participate in the songwriting game. Yeah. That I'm sure we mentioned in episode two, three, I, <laughs> back yeah. in the day. But we can re-talk about stuff because that was a long time ago. But so I will always do the game. Bob Schneider, is yep. that right? Mm -hmm. Started the songwriting game, and you have been doing it for. I mean, since 2006. I was going to say as long as I've known you, and I think, yeah, I think I started working with you in 2006. Yeah, and basically the rule is. There's only one rule, write a song and turn it in by Tuesday night. And you're given a prompt to include in that song. So last week, the phrase was secret service. And you just sit down and you write a song and you include that. Somehow, sometimes that launches me into the song. Either way, it's the thing that holds me accountable for showing up and writing a song a week. And even if it's Tuesday night at midnight and I have to pull out my guitar and improvise a song because I procrastinated all week, you do it. I do it. And what ends up happening is at the end of the year, you have 52 or more new ideas. 
Some of them are amazing. Some of them are just seeds that you know could be amazing if I could spend enough time on it. And so then when I get into a studio situation with Raining Jane and what started out at the beginning of tour with this one group of songs, we find out isn't our best choice for the record, I can go to my song game um, catalog of ideas and bring that to the group and say, what about this song? What about this idea? What about this? And we can harvest, I'm just make sure my glean. Buzz is still yeah, I know. I'm, it's amazing. How's this? There's no buzz over yeah, here either. That blowing right. trick is... <laughs> you really blew it, Trisha. <laughs> um, I, well, I, so I, I love the song writing songwriting for so many reasons because also you're saying like yeah you're like oh sometimes some of the songs that come from that are like so I don't know the word you use but basically like wow that was really something yeah but you were like really never writing with the pressure of this is gonna be my next song I bet this is gonna make it an album you're just like gotta write a song and like you're probably like because there's not as much like care and intention I don't know that you're like letting go in a way, like, yeah, isn't for it? Sure. But so I love you're still doing it in the fact that those songs still end up becoming some things that end up in other things. Like, yeah, it's not like this exact song turns into a song that goes in an album years later, but even like, yeah, that that's what you pull on to find inspiration. And some of them there is. Like, yeah. Like, and I just love that so much. Mm-hmm. That was when I was writing my first book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> And I was coming over. Like that was like for me, I was just like, all right, my goal was to write a shitty chapter a week. Like I gave myself that deadline mm-hmm. and I was just like, just get words on the page. I didn't even know, yeah, like, okay, what is a chapter? How long is that supposed to be? So I had a like a rough estimate of like words mm-hmm. um for that. But like that was my like let me take the pressure off of oh my God. I'm writing my first book. What's this? And like write a shitty chapter. And then Mm -hmm. I would go through them all, like got to the end. And I didn't end up going back until I'd written each shitty chapter. So it was like 16 chapters. And then, okay, so on week 17, Mm -hmm. I was then editing chapter one and then editing chapter two. Like that's how I ended up doing it. And it worked really well for me. And I think like it seemed like I held myself accountable to that thing. But again, like the shitty chapter, there wasn't like, I have to write yeah. the best chapter ever yeah. or like, what is this going to be about? Like that it like allowed me to put stuff on the page that ended that. up turning into I love that. Book. My Bloomfield. Yes. Inside Raining Jane as one of our songwriters and brilliant lyricists and cello players. She said, write a shit song. Write the shit song. Write a shitty song because it's still fertilizer. It, it still gets you to the next level or you get to go back and edit that song and say, okay, well, what shit about it? Let me feed it, change it, mulch it, turn it over and unveil what's really beautiful about that. So I love that you said write a shitty chapter. But yeah, I mean... It's not shit, it's fertilizer. Love it. But yeah, like that taking the pressure off and away from you contributing. And what do you think? I mean, because you've seen how it supports you and sort of pays off in different ways keeps you to still do it because i'm guessing there are not many people that have still been back there i mean i'm guessing other people come and go or don't last as long in that circle like it's incredible that you've (laughs) yeah there's yeah there's definitely been people that have 
appeared and then disappeared. I don't really pay attention to who's on CC. Right. Right now, it's probably eight or nine of us. Oh. It's not that many. I've, it's, it's been up to 30. I've heard, though, that Bob has multiple groups. And I know he has a poetry club as well. So wow. we might just be in eight off right. to the side. He might have another 20 guys on a completely different line. Um, and I know Bob's not alone on this. I've, I've been hearing more and more that there are Other people just communities of, yeah. of songwriters. Some do it every day, like submit a song a day. Wow. Ours is once a week. It originated when Bob was doing it on the road. He would challenge his, his band Everybody write a song tonight, and the best one will play in the show tomorrow night. Oh, my goodness. And it just became this game that everybody thrived on. And I had heard about it from Steve Poltz back when I was at Java Joe's early on. So it was probably 2002 or 3 I'd heard about the game from Poltz. And as I became a Bob fan, I eventually became a Bob friend. And then he invited me in the game, and I felt so honored to be included that I never wanted to screw that up because really, if you don't turn in a song, you stop getting the email prompt. You get kicked off the list. And I never wanted that. I never wanted to be kicked off. And especially now after 15 years and the amount of material that I've written, uh, I couldn't imagine living my life without it. I really couldn't. I could, can't think of a more efficient system for always working on my craft. Yeah. No, and I was even, when we were talking last week and you mentioned that, I was like, oh, I feel like I want to install something that for me, for me working on new projects for what is going to be my next book and stuff like that. Because yeah, without something like that, and it's sort of like holding you accountable, but it's not like nothing's really going to happen. You'll get kicked out of the group, but it's not like, you know, you're like, you're being held accountable, but more so to yourself. And Without that sense, and I'm yeah, like when am I gonna sit down to figure out what my next like written project book is? Like it's not as if life stops, and because even if you have an amazing idea, then you have to like put the pause to let me actually work on this and plant the seed and do the work. So I was like, oh yeah, I want to create something like that for myself instead of oh okay, when the kids, it's easy to be like oh once the kids go back to school, which they are now. Once this happens, once this slows down, then I'll carve out some time for myself to look at what I'm going to do with all these ideas that I jot down. So it's like if we don't have something like that, when is the like magical space to start the thing, to try the idea to whatever it is that you out there listening might've been like, oh, I'd like to do that or see about that. Like we're it's like waiting for the magical time to just be able to like, okay, all right. So what if it was setting up that regular? So I was like, oh, what if I start writing for an hour a day? I realized that's probably too much. What I was like, I'm going to write for 20 minutes a day, like making it be a realistic or if it ends up being a daily thing. But I think the fact that you have that, you're not even necessarily, I'm going to keep writing every week because yeah, these are going to be for a future album, but like that it keeps you in the practice of using that creative muscle. Yes. Trisha here bringing you one more brief interruption because I wanted to make sure you know of a few more ways that I'm here to support you besides this podcast. One, I have my book out in the world, my first book, F the Shoulds, Do the Once, Get Clear on Who You Are, What You Want, and Why You Want It. This is not just like one big want in your life. It's really getting clear in all the moments 
Why am I doing this? Is it a should or is it a want? How can I make it a want? It's so layered. Go check it out at ftheshouldsdothewants.com and you can claim some free bonuses there. You can also order it from your favorite bookseller. If you go to ftheshouldsdothewants.com, it links to all the places you can buy it. Two, I have a daily inspiration app. Hundreds of powerful thoughts and affirmations on your phone. You can set a reminder time that will pop up if you go into the app where it says the three lines and hit daily. Set a time to get the reminder to go pull a card. It's called Own Your Awesome. Get it in your app store. Three, my shop. And right now, I just got a new stock of limited inventory of the insulated tumblers that are so good. You can either use them with the straw or a flip top lid. It comes with both. And it has, they're available right now in three different colors with five phrases. My current favorite, well, of course, there's F the Shoulds Do the Once, that and Snoo, but also my Any Minutes is More Than No Minutes. Any progress is more than no progress. Baby steps are steps. That's a favorite phrase of mine, and it is now on the insulated tumblers. Go to shop.yourjoyologist.com. Four, I have my From the Heart community. I show you so much love, giving you heart talks, mind talks, pep talks right to your inbox, or you can get it on the Substack app or website and go through the databases to find what you need. Go to trishahuffman.substack.com and check that out. And you can also hit me up because I now have a few one-on-one coaching spots open. Do you want support to fully unshould yourself? Do you want to be connected with your own joy, feeling fulfilled, feeling purpose every single day? Are you putting yourself out in the world in some way and want support to be fully heard, seen, to talk through things, to be empowered and grounded and make sure that you're in integrity with who you want to be and what you want to be doing in the world? I work with people in many different ways. Hit me up, either hit me a DM at underscore Trisha Huffman or send me an email. I'm here for you claim your joy, claim your purpose, claim your life. Is there anything over the many years now of being (laughs) a creative musician, were there things that you used to like work by or even other things that other people told you like, this is the way you gotta do it that like you then realized, no, okay, that's not for me. Like this is something you've stayed consistent for so long, that song game. Yeah. Were there things that you tried to do because other people told you or just Um, like? I guess looking back at life before it, like for my second album, I, I think maybe I had written 30 songs of which 12 made the cut. Um, but it was a hard, it was a lot of work to get those 12 to be great. And they're still not all perfect. There's some weird songs on Mr. A to Z, but it was a lot of work. And that had come off my first album and prior, the first album was, I would say a lot of work, but I had the years. I had 18 to 22 to write that album and, and all the coffee shops. I had my whole starter kit catalog yeah, I feel to like choose people often from. say the second album is the hardest because yeah the it first was. album it's like you might be yeah like stuff yeah. from people writing in high school or this like there's this 
a larger database. So I didn't, I didn't have a regular practice. I was My new gig was touring around on the first album and partying and living that life. And luckily, my manager would say, you know, you need to, why don't you book a retreat for yourself and go write some songs? So I would, I would do that. I would rent a house somewhere and for a week or I'd stay at a friend's house for a week. I went to Wyoming and I went to, um, I did a spot in Malibu, which I was not a big fan of. And that was actually when I thought, why am I renting a house in Malibu when I could be paying a mortgage? I could, I could buy my own retreat. So that's kind of how I ended up being a homeowner. But, um, but yeah, I would go on these retreats to, to write songs, to, to make time for myself to try to get, but I couldn't put all the pressure on that one week and emerge from that week with two or three ideas. So the song game just became this gift um, and the sense that there are people listening to it. You know, there are six or seven people or eight people on this email list that are listening to your song, potentially. Um, you know, I don't know how interested everyone is in everybody else's work, but um, whenever, I, whenever I listen to some, each have their own. Some weeks they're fully produced. Some weeks people really go for it. Wow. Um, a lot of iPhone memos, but always great ideas and beautiful um, truths. And that's, that's what songwriting is too. For me, when it's done really well, it's the enjoyment of being in your body. Like I was saying earlier in this conversation, I, I'm enjoying being in my body. Like when you get on a yoga mat, that's time for you to really enjoy being in your body and reset your mind and like kind of reset your computer, you know, turn off your computing and managing of all your big life and just focus on your breath and reset your computer re, and enjoy being in your body. And you, you come out stronger and you come out um, stretched and you come out flexible and, you know, ability now to go back to your life and commute and compute as the machines that we have become. Um, when songwriting is at its best, it's like getting on that yoga mat and, and what can I do that's interesting that I haven't done yet or haven't done in a while. And what can I, how can I breathe in this section that pushes a new lyric or a cadence out or a note out that I haven't used yet out of the thousands of songs that I've written? And it's, it always feels fun and new, even if, even if you're playing the same three chords that you've played forever. That feels like something, too, that the song game, songwriting game, gives you that experience, too. Because, like, again, if you weren't doing that as like a playful practice and like why not try all this stuff out then mm -hmm. like yeah if you were just like okay time to write music you might not be like yeah you might treat okay, it as okay i work. need to work on a new album and blah blah, blah. Uh, what's this i need this song like you wouldn't be like oh how am i gonna try this but you're writing songs every week so it is like you kind of gotta like try different things absolutely. up and be a little wild with it yeah like, <laughs> yeah you for me when it's at its best i'm, I'm just like channeling. I don't feel like I'm ever sitting down writing until I edit, right? So my channeling is I'm writing the shitty chapter. I'm going to sing and say everything and I'm going to surf this sound wave and paint with noise. And then I can step back and it's either, if I'm lucky, it's great as is, let's leave most of it. Or I do a second take and it's, I'm editing it, I'm shaping it or then I could get to my third draft and I suddenly write, you know, I write a line for this section and I realize 
that line is better than anything I've done in the last hour. I now need to focus on this line and a whole new song for this line. This is when it gets really fun because you didn't just improvise something and say, that's who I am. It was like, I improvise and say, okay, how can I make it a little better? You know, what can I beat any of these lines in here? And then you stumble onto a great idea that then becomes, this is why I do the work. This is why I show up and I write this song game because I did not anticipate coming up with this tonight. Mm. And I'm so glad I have this tonight because then I wake up the next day and I'm so excited to hear what I made the night before. And I can ride on that high for days, the whole week until my next song assignment. And if it's a really good idea, I get to take it to the stage and share it with people. And if that works, I'm going to put it on the microphone and I'm going to, you know, put it on a collection of songs and it can live forever. It's the, it's such a cool, crazy agreement (laughs) that the world has that allows me to live this life. I love that. When you were just saying like, you know, how you could live off that feeling for a day or a week or longer, like what I, I was like, okay, I don't necessarily know what that feels like, but to me, it feels like sort of this like fulfillment in a way. And that's one of the things that I've been, you know, lately readjusting, like, what is my point? Like, what do I do for people? What is the main thing that I want to focus on? And joy has always been part of it, but I've been, how can you be connected to daily joy and fulfillment? So feeling fulfillment in, in some way on a daily basis. And I feel like that can seem like scary, but we can again find it in the small things. Like I'm always looking at the small things that can, oh, joy, fulfillment. It's not like, oh, once I have this job title or this much money, or once I'm now on the stage doing this, now I feel fulfilled. That it's not an external what it looks like, but like, oh, what gives you that feeling of fulfillment? And sometimes it can be like very like, for me, lately, something that can make me feel fulfillment is that I actually use the gua sha tool that I bought two years ago and then barely use. I'm like, look, I don't even know if I'm seeing anything from it, but it's just like, Look at me doing this thing that takes one minute that I didn't do for two years because it felt like work. Like, I can get fulfillment from, I have achieved this thing. (laughs) I get fulfillment from lots of other deeper things, but just saying. But when I talk about like your experience with. (laughs) I can get fulfillment sometimes by getting out of bed in the morning. Like, seriously, if I get up before eight. I pat myself on the back and I'm like, look at you. You got out of bed today. It's crazy. But that's the sort of thing. Like, and that's, I'm always about like, oh yeah, acknowledging ourselves and like, what's a daily win? What's a daily joy? Like daily win. I got out of bed today. But what has your experience with fulfillment? Because especially where someone that has achieved their dreams, has been recognized, it can seem as if like, great. So then that's it. They've done it they're fulfilled, you know, like, so how have you had to adjust yourself to like, oh, is, you know, playing these songs on stage and everyone singing along, like that feels fulfilling. And then also having to find it in other places, you know, Mm -hmm. or even is that the rewarding thing? Um, 
Like you can't just get your fulfillment from this external feedback that we often assume by, or like, oh, I won the Grammy. Correct. I got the record deal. Like those things are fulfilling and amazing. And I achieved this. Yeah. But when we're only focused on that stuff, it actually can have us feeling those lonely feelings and not enough. And what do I do next? Yeah. I think my most consistent fulfilling um, things are the song game because I I feel like that's doing something for my mind or my spirit. And then I feel fulfilled anytime I get on the yoga mat. Anytime, whether it's for 10 minutes or if I can put in a full hour. I feel so great that I did that. And that's something fulfilling for my body and my spirit as well. And then I feel fulfilled. I mean, it's a long list. I really am so grateful. I would say I could pick up a phone and call a friend. Yeah. And that's very fulfilling to hear their voice and also to know that, like, I've stayed in touch. You know, I kind of pat myself on the back because I do have a tendency to um, either just be preoccupied with my own little doings and hobbies and interests or knowing so many people that I don't get around to calling everybody. Um, but anyway, I can, I can take fulfillment in that. Um, I can take, find fulfillment in, um, yeah, like I said, it's a long list. Just being aware of that we have access to that feeling without like some sort of big achievement or something. Because for me, even like taking a walk and being present to the nature, like I can have that sense of Love like it. being fulfilled, Love it. being present. Um, did you? Can you think of a time, perhaps earlier in your life or in your career, where you didn't maybe have that same connection to fulfillment, or do you think because of your creativity hmm. you did, or like, or again, sometimes when it's oh, you finally are being uh, acknowledged, or like you know, finally got maybe like that first album stuff too. Like, was there any like struggle period with like, wait, what is actually fulfilling to me, and not like, yeah. So at the end of the second album in 2005, I had been touring the second album a lot, and I went into the second album with not enough songs, not enough to to feel like I had um, a real powerful purpose in my messaging and in my in my musicianship. But I was out there, I was doing it, and. By the end of 2005, early six, I was just so burnt out from touring, which had started in 2002. So two, three, four, five, four years straight of just running, running, running and squeezing a second album in, in the middle of that. And then there's the sense of fulfillment you get when you write a song and you think it's good. And then you want the audience to come with you on that journey. And if they don't, there's this, false sense of like you're you're just the fulfillment wasn't real because they don't get it Mm. so how can i be fulfilled on it so that's when i luckily found the song game and i took a break from the hustle and i spent more time um on a yoga mat and resetting my computer and um, my physical spiritual mental computer computer not not a not a mac um reading, which is something I hadn't given myself time to do um, in those early years. Um, 
I, but I was very aware that I was unfulfilled. In 2005, I remember taking Toka with me to get a sandwich or something before a show, and I was just, just completely burnt out. And I even told him out loud, I was like, I've just lost my way, and I don't know what my purpose is. Mm. And I got to find it. And But what a gift that is to, um, and maybe it's in having a friend to say it to, Right. Like but that what you were a gift it is that I was of aware it. of it, that I was like, okay, I know I'm unhappy. So I am going to what can I change do? my life to have new experiences so that I can find some purpose and some peace. And ultimately, you know, a new um, feeling, fulfilled feeling of empowerment. Yeah, I mean, that is huge to have that self-awareness of like, I'm not enjoying this anymore or I'm not fulfilling this fulfilled. And then also actually to make the change because I'm sure so many other people, so many people in their lives, it's just even, oh, okay, well, I got, this is what it is or right, I have this job or I have this or, you know, and then they're not actually feeling like the fulfilled from their daily work, even if it's not your dream work. Like, that's my hope is that whatever people's are doing out there to support themselves and their families. It might not be your dream work, but like to see, oh, well, how, how can this give me purpose? Mm -hmm. How can I feel fulfilled from this? Even if it's not letting me up, but like so many people are unhappy once they either real, like get everything they want and the, you know, but then they still won't make the change because, well, I worked so hard for this or what will people think? Or, okay, this is what you choose a job and you stick with it. That, and then that, yeah, that you actually made the change and that's huge. And also the seeing on the stage back then of like, okay, they're not sort of mirroring back to me what I want to see. And so like, I can't like, you, like they were, the audience's experience was stealing your fulfillment in a way because it was like, I guess this isn't uh, the, you know, this isn't what I thought it is or they're not enjoying it. But now you were just on tour totally. Same same situation, yeah. Different experience. That's right. Excited to bring out new songs. That's right. People didn't respond, but you just seemed. I mean, it might have been, of course, a little bit disappointing. Oh, okay, they don't like these songs, but it's not like, oh no, right? I'm this is, you know, it seems like a totally different relationship. Totally different. So full spiral, right? It's like here I am. I'm back in the same spot I've been many times, but I have a different perspective, and I also have the years of spiraling. Um, around and around with the song game under you know as one of my um, tools in my tool belt, right? So if I'm in a situation now where like, oh no, I'm on the road, people aren't getting these songs, I have other songs. And I also have ease of mind to know that I can still write new songs. There's there's no stress in not getting it right today, you know. And allowing yourself to still then play and at, try and other songs. Because you also could have been given up and like, fine, they don't like new <laughs> songs. I'll just keep playing all these songs that they want. But maybe like, they're not bringing me, you know, like uh, as much I'll, joy anymore. <laughs> I'll do an album of covers from <laughs> 60s. Or just not that. Like, of course, you know, you enjoy playing older songs. But some like, yeah, it could feel like they're not responding to the new songs. So then do I just give up? Definitely not. not. I will make you like my new songs. (laughs) But it's like, of course, like that is like we want our favorite musicians to be making new songs. Yeah. Oh, 
you know what's fun about new songs is it always takes about a year or two before people really like them. So like when we came out with the Yes album, we we're on tour with that. And people are like, okay, you know, play some Mr. A to Z. Right. Uh, play, you know, I'm yours, whatever. But then finally you get an album or two downstream and people want to hear the songs from Yes. I think it's the, cool. the touring especially because like people want to sing, like sing a lot. They want to like know yeah. the words yeah. to like every, like know yeah. every single word. And so it's like, oh, it might be a new song that I like that I've heard for the last couple of months, but like yeah. I can't sing every Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to put a, a lyric book in the this next album, which I've never done. Sometimes what? I print the lyrics really small, but I'm talking like a real lyric book. You can hold You've it never? and you can sing along. Mm-mm. Oh, you said you sometimes have printed them very small. Yeah, Got very it. small. But in my first five, six albums, I never put the lyrics in there. Huh? How rude! Yeah. How rude. rude! And then I, I used to love. And then I can't lyrics. get upset when I read them online and they're wrong. <laughs> I just thought that a I was speaking clear enough that you don't need to hear. You don't need to read the lyrics. Interesting. Isn't that weird? I I remember being like a teenager. And loving that the lyrics like, were in the book. let me study the lyrics. Yes, let me study the lyrics. <laughs> nope, I left them out. And That's interesting. I apologize <laughs> for that. How does that work for digital albums? It's just like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. There's some sites, some people's websites contain a lot of great graphics and um, but credits. People like use social media to share their credits that way. Um, I really wish that the digital platforms like the Spotify, I wish you could scroll through the album artwork. I wish you could f- choose not just to see the cover, but maybe zoom into the cover. Let's read the credits. Let's scroll through. Who are the musicians? Yeah. Who are the writers? Let me see these fine details. Yeah, I know. Why aren't let's, we there yet? Let's Spotify. <laughs> Kick, get in gear. Come on. Do you work for Spotify? Um, all right. Well, um, we're almost out of time. Wrapping up. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, we uh, we really didn't have any point of we're going to talk about this today. Nope. We just started talking, and that's where we went. Episode 200. Congratulations. A real... Real housewives. A real. <laughs> but neither of us are housewives. <laughs> That's, I don't know. It's interesting because I, you know, I, of course, had a hundred. And that was like, cool, a hundred. But yeah, 200 feels like a different. It's interesting that 100 and even 300, for some reason, 200 feels like, wow. Wow. 200. Some podcasts, they'd be talking about the number of people they slept with. I had a hundred. But now to think I'm at 200, that's just wild. I don't even remember all of them. I don't, I've definitely not slept with, I do remember a time in my life where I actively tried to like know like my number. Why? I remember that too. (laughs) I had a list. Like it'd be like before falling asleep at light, like let's go back and and even like even younger, like how many people have I made? Like like in high school, like let me count. Hmm. (laughs) I wonder if there are people that still have their lists. <laughs> right. I do believe, especially in high school, would write down like who I kid. I'm sure if I looked in my journals, I'd find one of those lists somewhere. I definitely did that. Interesting wow. times of life. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming over and hanging out. I'm going to be turning on my computer and reviewing the songs that I just recorded with Raining Jane in New York. Oh, exciting. And putting a task list together of guitar overdubs, vocals that I want to do, lyric tweaks that need to happen, basically build my task list, and then for the next month be sitting in here tweaking and geeking. That's how you, yeah, you do have great project management, perhaps. I do. Or like, you get shit done. Basically, I you come up with tinker. Yeah, it's a, it's a shop. I'm building something. Yeah, yeah. But like, you show up. I show up for like nobody really is holding you accountable. That's true. To this, right? At this time of right. date, so that's what I'm saying. You are really great at. Okay, I'm gonna work on this project, and then yeah, like you said, you have a task list. Now you're gonna sort out. Yeah. And you're gonna have that. That's I like that. That's one thing I like looking at big projects too and breaking it down into mm-hmm. like little bites because then it makes it seem more doable. Okay, yeah. great. Start here. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that keeps people from starting things or big things. It seems too big. It's gonna yeah, take so long, and so then is. it don't even tr- start to think about what it looks like. Where yeah. it's like, okay, great. So you need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. And that could be overwhelming, but then yeah. it makes little access points. Yeah. To dive in. All well, right. it's exciting to be where we're at because when we started this probably a year ago, we're just sitting around making songs up. And you do that a lot until you finally go, okay, these are the ones worth pursuing. These are the ones worth recording. So we, I feel like we wrote our 17 shitty chapters and then some, and now we finally started to record them and hear them back. And this is like the first edit process of the real deal. And there'll be a lot more drafts, but that's where I'm at. So it's to me, it's exciting. That's why I show up because it's I'm so tickled by the whole process to hear these little ideas become these hi-fi adventures in sound. And that's to give people a somewhat real expectation if they're like, oh my gosh, no music. Yay. It's going to take some time. It's like... Takes a little time. But meaning like that wouldn't be like properly released for at least until like hopefully spring or summer of twenty three. Spring. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean it's already the fall of twenty two yeah. and I've got a month or two of yes. tasks spring to would be do on it. Fast. Spring would be fast. Um but, but I'm in no hurry. Time goes fast. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> time goes fast. Time goes fast. All right. Any last um, shares? I am fulfilled. Oh, love it. And I am grateful. Grateful Uh, to know you. Grateful for all that you are and do. Oh. Thanks. Thank you. I am very proud of myself Mm -hmm. for even starting the podcast. And now it's 200 episodes. Wow, you've casted a lot of pods. (laughs) And I'm going to keep going. And uh, I'm, yeah, I love that. And I so appreciate you, your first guest, uh, coming back for 200. And um, yeah, life, you never know what's going to happen if Full you spiral. don't put yourself out there and That's try right. and make asks. And yeah. 
try things out. Mm-hmm. See what brings you joy, what you think is going to be fulfilling, and test things out. And if it doesn't work out, try again. That I was using as a motto. They're lost. They're lost. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's all learning. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't make it to the end of this podcast, you're lost. You're <laughs> 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 lost. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you all so much for hanging with me, for hanging with me and Jason today, wherever you are. Whenever you're listening to this, um, again, I really love having these conversations and just having a space to connect with you all in a way that feels easeful and joyful and invigorating to me. Again, whether it's someone I've known for 15 years or I'm talking to myself or someone that I've just been introduced to. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening to show some appreciation. Like I said, if you can hit the follow slash subscribe button, leave a review, send that review to me, podcast at yourdriologist.com. You'll be entered to win a gift bag full of goodies and um, share it. Share it on social media when you listen. Share your favorite episodes. Tag me at underscore Trisha Huffman at Claim It Podcast. And if you want some more love from me, please check out my From the Heart community over on Substack. Go to trishahuffman.substack.com backslash subscribe. Um, I write little love notes. I write long blog notes, love notes. And I also do audio podcasts sort of versions there, but they're much different. They're me talking right to you, giving you like a two to five minute pep talk, heart talk, mind talk. And it's just a different space over there. So check it out. It is a membership. You can get a free week, but it's only $12 a month. And you can also send me a DM or an email if you're interested in working with me to refine your joy, to you find your purpose, to find daily fulfillment and daily purpose and daily joy, to unshould yourself, to go after the dreams and wants that you want, and to support you while you're living them as well. I've worked with and still work with some people that are at the top of their careers and they thrive by having me at their side to hear them, see them, talk them through things, remind them of what they're doing, why they're doing it so that they can enjoy their lives. Because yeah, once you live your dream, it doesn't make that it gets easier. In some ways it does. In some ways it brings more challenges, but don't let that scare you. This life is yours. Claim it.